Thank you very much. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with all of you honor students and others who are being honored tonight. But I must say, I feel especially proud to be a part of this group because I feel like I'm honored just to be with you today. Everyone has commented on the amount of talent, the extraordinary talent assembled in this room. It reminds me of a story that President Kennedy told after he had hosted, uh, at the evening he was hosting, in fact, a dinner for a group of Nobel Prize winners at the White House. And President Kennedy said, I think this is the most extraordinary collection of talent, of human knowledge, that has ever been gathered at the White House, with the possible exception of when Thomas Jefferson dined alone. <laughs> well, knowing Mr. Jefferson never enjoyed the comforts of the mirage, I can say your presence here today is no doubt the, the most extraordinary gathering of talent ever to grace these rooms. You've heard a great deal about what you should do and think about to be prepared in life. And what I will say will no doubt touch on some of those things. I thought what I'd just do is to tell you a few things about myself and what I do and how I arrived to where I am in the hopes that my experiences, like those of others you have heard, might be of use to you as you make your way into the future. A number of you have asked me, however, first, what exactly is the National Science Foundation? I'll just it's the, an independent agency that funds most of the research in the physical, mathematical, biological, and engineering sciences in universities throughout the United States. Uh, we fund about $3 billion a year in research. We also support most of the graduate fellowships and undergraduates, about 40,000 graduate students a year in the sciences. If any of you go into the sciences, you will no doubt be applying for a grant one way or other from the National Science Foundation. And I hope you get one. We also support science and math education in K through 12, which is a, a very important area. Well, my career decisions have been like those of many people you heard today, influenced by many things, as much by happenstance as really by planning. In my hometown of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, the high school for blacks, and there was such a high school, although it was called in those days of segregation, the high school for coloreds or Negroes, uh, was no, by no means a powerhouse in science and math, although we had wonderful teachers. Had I stayed there throughout my high school, I'm not sure where I might have wound up, but one event that perhaps the most seminal event in my life, as perhaps this experience might be for you, was that at a young age, in the 10th grade, I had the opportunity to go off to Morehouse College as a result of winning a Ford Foundation Fellowship. And it was at Morehouse that I began to develop interest in science. I should say, when I arrived on campus, I really hadn't taken many science courses, no chemistry. I thought really that physics was a laxative and calculus was a skin disease of some sort. I, I really hadn't heard the words. But I did develop an interest in, in math and physics. And as many 
of you no doubt have experienced, and you've heard from others today, mentors are so important. One professor at Morehouse, Professor Christensen, served as a role model for me and really helped me provide me the things I like to do to, that I needed to learn to launch myself on the road to physics. And the things I liked most about physics was that it was a way to use mathematics, an area where I seemed to have a talent, to allow one to understand the physical universe around them. And that's why I pursued a career at that time in theoretical physics. Once in graduate school, I benefited from the attention of another mentor uh, at Washington University in St. Louis. And I, too, went to that part of the great flyover part of the country. At that point, I began to really develop a deep interest in understand, using science to understand the world and a passion for understanding science itself. And I joined the faculty of the University of Illinois in 1968. At that time, it was probably the best physics department in my field, which was the study of superconducting and superfluid materials. Now, most of you were not born yet, but I'm sure you know how prominent a year that was in our history. Dr. Martin Luther King and Senator Robert Kennedy were assassinated. There were riots in most of our major cities. The controversy over the Vietnam War reached a crescendo, and it was the middle of a very active period in the civil rights movement. And one can hear echoes of those times now, of course, in the riots in Los Angeles. University and college campuses were at the center of many, many of those activities. And being one of the few black professors at the University of Illinois, I was immediately thrust into many of these campus issues and debates. In fact, on my very first evening at the school, before I'd even had a bed in the room, at the apartment I'd rented, I received a call and it said, Professor Massey, at first I didn't know who they were speaking about because I'd never been called professor before. It's my first job. Said, I said, yes. said, well, we'd like you to come down to the local jail. I said, why? said, well, they've arrested 264 black students, which were practically all of the black students on campus who had been jailed for protesting racial discrimination, and this was southern Illinois in those days. Well, being black, I felt I had a certain responsibility to the community and to helping to be getting and right those wrongs, and I became very much involved in campus politics, student activities, and at the same time continued to pursue my physics and teaching and research. My next position at Brown was very similar. I was part of the physics faculty at Brown, but it was once again in that period of the Vietnam War, Cambodia, and the like, and the campus was very active in the civil rights movement. And I was very interested in how the campus could become involved in, on the positive side, more involved in the community. And that's why I became interested in developing teachers to teach science and mathematics, especially in the inner city schools. And during that period, I became interested in the administrative side of science and higher education and became dean of the college at Brown. 
Now all of this, I give you this for a reason, because I reached a point where I thought I could make greater contributions by working with people as well as solving scientific problems. And that's worked out well for me. From this position now at the National Science Foundation, I find I am in a position to really try to make a difference on a scale that's important. I hope all of you can find a career that brings you the kinds of challenges and rewards that you want. And I, I doubt, however, that what I've told you about my career has laid any, out any clear path for anyone to follow. If I could extract any nuggets, I guess the first one would be, and you've heard this over and over, is to find your talents and to pursue them, to understand what they are and to nurture them. I turned out to have a talent for mathematics that led me to a career in science, but it led me also to a career in science and maths administration. You may not know your talents yet. Some discover them later in life. They may be in art, music, history, accounting, business, ah, uh, God forbid, law, but all right. <laughs> but I know you will discover yours wherever they are in life. The more difficult part becomes after you have discovered your talent, and that is balancing your expectations with the forces shaping the world around you. Many people, in these times especially, it's easy to do this, look at the future and see nothing but problems. Race relations, environmental issues, global climate change, the economy, the trade deficit. And these are no doubt serious problems. And we could dwell on that side of these issues. But when I look at you and experience the interactions that I've had with you over the past day and a half, what I see are also possible solutions to these problems. I see the talent that can enable America and the world to solve these problems. All of you are testimony to our strength as a nation. America has always drawn its strength from its people, from their talent, creativity, and educational preparedness. And you certainly are the educated brain power that will drive us into the future. It has been said that talent is common, but persistence and talent is a rare combination. I think by your being here today, just by your presence and involvement in these activities, each of you has shown a measure of this rare combination, and you should take justifiable pride in that accomplishment. Thank you.